Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Friday morning at Wax. Chart time at the shank of the day. Bob and Joe with you back from Wisconsin Dells and uh, day one yesterday of the corn soy pork producers annual meeting down at the Dells. And boy, lots going on. A lot of people. Did you hear, Joe, a number at all as far as attendance? I actually talked to the president of the corn corn growers growers <laughs> he said they figured about 1100 people there yesterday all right and there'll be that many there today i'm sure there'll be some with uh maybe wet rags on their head after <laughs> all the parties last night probably some bloodshot <laughs> eyes yeah it is but it's a good time a good meeting a lot of folks are there and a good chance to get caught up on the industry the corn industry the soybean industry the pork industry and it'll wrap up later on today but uh, that's not the only meeting down there the grazers are at chula vista through i think they're there through tomorrow yep the grazers at chula vista through tomorrow um, and yeah so they'll be down at uh, chula vista and uh, you'll be heading out later on you're going way down south i'm gonna go to waukesha that's down by milwaukee for the state ffa alumni and supporters convention get on there to pick up a Another $10,000 check like you did last year. <laughs> Boy, that cost me $10,000. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I actually just got the paperwork for it, so now it's, I officially have to report it, too. Yeah, you better report it. But uh, if you forgot, Jill won their raffle last year. They're alumni. I don't. They're not having one this year, are they? They're not having okay. one. They're having a meat raffle instead. They okay. only do the money raffle every few years. Okay. Jill won ten grand, was not it, last year? Yep, I won $10,000. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. So uh, that's going on. Also, today is an important day for young ladies around Wisconsin. Yep, it's the last day to get your uh, application in for Alice in Dairyland. 76 Alice in Dairyland, and I think the finals finals are going to be held down in the Elkhorn area down uh, Walworth County. I do believe this year the finals will be in Walworth County. I'm not sure of the date, but I know it'll be sometime in May. But it'll be down there, and we're still waiting to hear some of the uh, applications that were turned in for after 
this year, and I'm not sure where it will be after this year, but uh, Walworth County in May. Is that what that uh, says on there? Yep, Walworth County, May 11th through the 13th. All right, so young ladies in our area, again, got a lot of young ladies in our area that uh, both Jill and I have talked to starting in 4-H and as they've grown in their agricultural careers into FFA and now into college and out of college that are very qualified to be Allison Dairyland. Julia Nunes from up in uh, Tilden in Chippewa Falls country just uh, served as Alice for two years and did a wonderful job. Got a lot of great young ladies in our area. So let's get out there and apply for Alice in Dairyland. The deadline, get that application in by the end of business today. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All the weather right now, it's not so good. But hang on, this is one of those weekends or weather patterns you want to negotiate that... uh, if someone will do the outside chores today, you'll you'll do them for the next five or six days because <laughs> it's below zero significantly right now. Ten below here in Eau Claire. Coldest spot I saw was Siren. They're 21 below zero. And it's only going to get about three above today, partly sunny. Ten below tonight. And then over the weekend, low 30 Saturday and Sunday, about 40 on Monday, 34 on Tuesday, 39 on Wednesday. We'll see some sunshine. And that makes it a whole lot better, doesn't it, when the sun shines out there, even if it is kind of kind of cold out there. And it is cold out there. Everybody, except down around Milwaukee, is below zero. As I said, Siren, 21 below. Madison is four below this morning. And again, it's 10 below right here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls area this morning. But on a Friday morning at Wax, about a minute after five. Again, it's 10 below right now. We'll get three above today. And then well into the 30s, all starting tomorrow all the way through next Friday, I guess, at least. We'll have more on that. But uh, right now, let's get some news. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire, and here it is. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden is hoping the death of Tyree Nichols leads to swift congressional action on police reform. He spoke about Wednesday's celebration of life ceremony for Nichols. I listened to uh, Al Sharpton's eulogy, which I thought was first rate. And uh, we got to stay at it as long as it takes. Biden made the comments on Thursday before he and Vice President Harris met with members of the Congressional Black Caucus. Economists expect to see continued strong jobs growth in January. The Labor Department will be out with last month's jobs and unemployment figures Friday morning. The unemployment rate is expected to rise slightly to 3.6 percent from December's 50-year low of 3.5 percent. The experts predict further slowing in wage growth, giving some comfort to the Federal Reserve in its ongoing fight against inflation. The numbers are due at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. A suspected Chinese spy balloon is being monitored by the U.S. government after it was seen hovering over the northern part of the country for the last few days. Brian Shook reports. The high-altitude balloon was spotted over Billings, Montana on Wednesday, flying in through Canada. A senior defense official says it's still flying over the country, but did not say where exactly. Officials have also discussed shooting it out of the sky. I'm Brian Shook. A majority of U.S. adults support banning the sale of all tobacco products. That's according to a new study by the CDC, which polled more than 6,000 Americans in 2021. Nearly two-thirds of those surveyed said they supported ending menthol cigarette sales. Cigarette smoking remains the leading cause of preventable disease, disability, and death in the U.S. It's estimated that more than 30 million Americans currently smoke. And actor Dwayne Johnson's mother, Ada Johnson, is recovering from a serious car crash in Los Angeles. The action movie star known as The Rock during his pro wrestling days said it's a miracle his mother survived the crash on Wednesday night. 
You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Talking about that uh, Chinese drone or wherever they think it is from, there was conversation yesterday by some of the speakers about this uh, Chinese purchase of land. I don't know, Jill, if you uh, heard it or paid attention, but uh, that uh, Chinese purchase of land in North Dakota near the Air Force Base so they can build what they say is a, a corn milling plant very much... Uh, under discussion, and it's not a given that they're going to let the Chinese buy it. Uh, there's a lot of resistance to it, and it sounds like uh, it will be nixed, which is a good thing. You can't allow them to buy land and near any of our military bases or anything like that. So that was a topic yesterday, not a major topic, but it was a topic at the Corn and Soybean Conference yesterday because, uh, again, they paid a lot of money up there in North Dakota and want to build a milling plant not far from an Air Force base. Uh-uh. Hi, I'm Bob Bosel, inviting you to join me on a tour of Scotland and Northern Ireland with Agricultural Highlights August 15th to the 25th. We'll see the scenery, the people, and the agriculture on this one-of-a-kind tour in the land of the 40 shades of green. We'll visit the Edinburgh Castle, make unique stops at an Irish dairy farm and other agricultural highlights and villages, and enjoy a Guinness or two. Visit HolidayVacations.com keyword wax to learn more about our tour, or call 888 Two zero for a free brochure. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again with our farm tour, of course, next Friday we're leaving to go to California, but then in August, which you just heard us talking about, the Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland trip, it's getting full fast. So again, get the holiday vacations today. Give them a call and uh, get your name on the list, even if it's uh, a tentative list right now. You don't have to make that decision today, so it's not a an all or nothing today. But at least get yourself on the list. So if you do decide, yes, we really want to go, then you're on the list and you can go. But it's filling up very fast, so get that done. Weather-wise, about the next 24 hours, it'll be cold. And then after that, man, it'll seem like winter's over. But <laughs> believe me, it's not. We've got below zero right on through well, tomorrow, when we get uh, maybe done with chore time tomorrow morning, because uh, we'll have a high of about uh, three above today. Then it's going to get down about 10 below again tonight. Saturday, 33. Sunday, 31. 40 on Monday with a chance of precipitation. Tuesday and Wednesday, easily into the 30s once again with partly sunny skies. But uh, right now it's cold in the area. 16 below at Rice Lake, 15 below at Medford. The coldest spot we saw was Siren at 21 below. Now, these are actual temperatures, not wind chills. Wausau minus 10, 12 below in Marshfield, 7 below in La Crosse, 5 below in Green Bay. Madison, 4 below zero. Milwaukee, about the only spot that's above zero. They're 3 above. And right here, we're 10 below zero right now. We're warm up. We'll get above zero today. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Eight minutes after five, Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our market information. And Jill, the cash livestock numbers on a Friday morning. Choice fed beef steers are 147 to 158 and a half with mixed at 92 to 146 and a half. Choice fed beef heifers are 147 to 154 with mixed at 115 to 146 and a half. Choice fed Holstein steers are 130 to 147 with select and silage fed steers 80 to 129 and a half. Cows are 65 to 93 with bulls at 86 to 103. Butcher hogs are 73 to 93 with sows at 37 to 44. Boars are 10 to 22 with shorn market lambs at 117 and a half to 136. 
feeder lambs are 110 to 275. Ewes are 70 to 90. Small goats are 15 to 200 dollars. Medium goats are 75 to 220. Large goats are 50 to 395 dollars. With nanny goats at 25 to 235 dollars. Livestock futures were higher at the close yesterday. Live cattle February 159.75 up a dollar 32. April live cattle 163.82 up 160. June up 130 at $160 even. August 159.50 up 107. Feeder cattle March 185.92 up 267. April up 212 at 190.07. May up $1.85, 194.25. August up 190 at 207.37. And September up $1.80 at $210.05. Lean hog carcass contracts were higher. February 75.35 up $1.37. April up $1.70 at $86 even. May 95.27 up a dollar and a half. And June hogs 102.65 up a dollar 17. Board of Trade was mixed yesterday. Corn prices were down about a nickel at the close. Unsteady markets as far as who's going to buy and when are they going to buy. And also what's going on with the South American crop. Beans were up 14 cents. Good demand. Meal prices way up overnight. March corn down another three cents, sitting at six seventy-two this morning. The oats down two at three eighty-seven. March wheat down three at seven fifty-eight. Soybeans unchanged. The March contract at fifteen thirty-four this morning. Meal up a half a dollar a ton at four hundred ninety-two dollars and thirty cents. Those are high prices. Barrel cheese up a cent and three quarters, a dollar sixty. The blocks down two at one eighty-seven and a half. Butter up three at two thirty-six. Class three prices were higher yesterday. February up three at seventeen ninety-three. March up fifteen at seventeen seventy-nine. April back over eighteen dollars, up nineteen cents at eighteen twelve. May up a nickel at eighteen forty-seven, and June up eight at eighteen ninety-three. Lots of things went on. At the uh, Corn Soy Conference yesterday, we're going to get into some of that here, including a little conversation we had about crop insurance, reminding you that a very important date is coming up. We'll do that next, right here on Wax. Ten below, it'll get about three above, and then the weekend, 30s, Monday, about 40, it's getting better. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. March 15th. It's a very important date. Why? We're going to find out from Chad Glaze. Chad is with Vinevest North, of course, for uh, crop, livestock, and other insurance. And Chad, uh, over in the Wausau area, why is March 15th so important? Well, like you said, Bob, that's the deadline to you know make any changes or sign up for for a crop insurance policy for your spring planted crops like corn, soybeans, oats, that kind of thing, new seeding. Uh, so that's a, a date that we work toward right now, and talking to a lot of people about their reviewing their policies and any changes and that kind of thing that are going on in the crop insurance world. So. What you've seen so far from talking to your clients. Are we, are we making some changes, and what's the, the root of maybe why we're making some changes, if we are? Well, I don't know if they're making a lot of changes, but more more of a review kind of a thing. Uh, you know, if you've got a strong uh, policy level, which you know a lot of people do up here, and and your unit structure is a big big thing to consider. You know, prices are going to probably come in uh, in that tracking period right now in February, uh, pretty close to what it was last year. I'm thinking uh, maybe the volatility will be down a little bit, so we're going to see a little bit of drop in premium, but still have some really good guarantees. So it's just good to review, you know, with your agent go through where you're at, what your dollar guarantee, most people have a revenue policy for their corn and soybeans, and uh, it, just to review it so you know where you're at as far as a, a guarantee, dollar guarantee. You say uh, 
You're looking at volatility being down. What are you talking about as far as volatility, and why do you see it being down? Well, that's one of the things they track here in February, along with the price off the uh, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. That's where they get the prices for crop insurance, but they also track a volatility number, and that's uh, the last five days of the, the trading month. They'll strike that off as well, too. Now, last year we saw volatility for corn at like 0.23, which was some of the highest we've seen. The higher the number of volatility just indicates the chance of price movement come fall when they do the harvest price announcements after October. So right now I think we're looking at maybe like a 0.19 volatility on corn and you know beans follow with that mm -hmm. as well too but uh, so th that being down that'll drop premiums down a little bit and just gives an indicator of maybe you know the the chances of price movement are just a little bit less than it was last year according to the the market where they get that number from. As we look at uh, crop insurance though Changes is have we seen changes being made, and of course we're looking at crop insurance going to be a big talking point in the 2023 farm bill. What kind of feeling do you get? Uh, everything we hear is there's a lot of support out there for the industry, and in that you know it's it's the farmer safety net that's out there. You know it's a blend of of public and private. Uh, you know, funds to, to do crop insurance with its subsidy from the federal government. So it's a nice blend of that. Everybody's kind of got their hat in the ring there. So I think, I think I'm hoping that we're going to stay, stay pretty strong and supportive, uh, you know, from the political side of, of crop insurance coming up. As we look at uh, this Congress with the Republicans, they don't like to spend. So you expect premiums are going to uh, go up or uh, subsidies uh, might be cut what do you, what do you what do you think obviously it's all looking into a crystal ball right now and speculating mm -hmm. yeah it is but i i really don't see them doing too much uh, with it right now and in, in keeping the current rates and that that they have uh, of course when the you know the next time they do the standard reassurance agreement i'm sure they'll look at it again but uh, they've got some pretty good options out there for farmers to come in and and, and buy crop insurance to offset their risk and, uh, you know, everybody likes that, you know, going back to that, having everybody has their hat in the ring versus, uh, you know, maybe just doling out disaster payments to everybody. You know, crop insurance that we all kind of share the risk together. And again, that's Chad Glaze with Vinevest North out of Wausau. But he's down at the uh, Corn Soy Expo. You're down there, have questions. But March 15th is that very important date for reviewing your crop insurance. Uh, if you need to get some done, if you don't have crop insurance, might be a chance to uh, look at it because, again, could it be cut? Subsidies? Uh, Republicans going to come out with a disaster bill if, indeed, we have some crop problems? Crop insurance, not a bad option. And we've got 10 below zero, get about three above today, 33 tomorrow. And we're going to hear about uh, rural health issues from uh, some folks that are nationally involved in that coming up. But, uh, Jill, some of our farm news this morning. The official January Class 3 milk price has come out. It's $19.43 a hundred. That price is $1.70 less than December price and $0.95 cents lower than last January's Class 3 milk price. About 90% of Wisconsin's... Wisconsin's milk goes for Class 3 usage, which is mainly cheese production. And Wisconsin leads the nation in cheese output every year. And Wisconsin continues to lead the nation by far in the number of milk goats in our, on our farms. At the start of this year, we had 72,000 milking goats, twice as many as second place California's 36,000 head. But our numbers are down 2,000 head from the start of 2022 
and about 3,000 fewer than 2020 when we had over 75,000 milk goats in the state. Iowa currently ranks third in the milking goat numbers with Texas fourth and Minnesota fifth. All right, so a lot of old goats out there this morning. (laughs) 19 minutes after 5 o'clock, what's going on with rural milk medicine and the challenges with those rural hospitals are facing. And, uh, you know, it's been going on for a long time. We'll get an update on that coming up right here on Wax. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Even if you don't use it, at least we hope you don't, you probably know where it is. Your local hospital. Whether it's in town or out in the country, it is a staple of community. But many of our Wisconsin rural hospitals are facing headwinds in 2023. Workforce shortages, uh, economic factors in the rural community, funding issues, and health inequity. All of it, something that they're focused in on at the National Rural Health Association. I had a chance to visit with Alan Moore, Executive Director of the National Rural Health Association, and asked him, quite frankly, start off with what the association is all about and some of the big problems and challenges they're trying to help rural hospitals deal with in 2023. So the National Rural Health Association is a membership organization that does education, networking, and advocacy on behalf of rural communities and rural health care. If you care about rural health, there's a home for you in the National Rural Health Association. And that encompasses an awful lot of different things. I said to Alan, I want to talk to him from time to time addressing some of the challenges our rural health care system's facing. But today, we want to focus on one that is far too obvious, I'm afraid, Alan, and that is transportation. I did a story not too long ago talking with our emergency responders about the challenges that they're up against, simply finding volunteers or qualified labor in rural communities. Transportation is something that sounds so simple, but when it comes to providing it in rural communities, can get complicated fast, I'm guessing. Oh, you're absolutely right on that. And I think from a policymaker standpoint, oftentimes they don't realize that transportation is a health care issue. So what exactly do you see when you speak to elected officials, policy developers? What information are you presenting to them to help them really get their arms around how big a situation trying to arrange transportation in rural communities really is? Yeah, well, I think it's important to uh, view it um, from two perspectives. The first one being, and you, you mentioned this already, EMS services. Nationwide, EMS in a rural context is really... It's a patchwork system. Some are volunteers. Some are provided by the local hospital. Some are for-profit companies. But all of them are challenged with finding um, uh, uh, quality staff and making sure that those uh, uh, services are available. That's one. We can talk a lot about that. But two is, is equally important, transportation for community residents to get to their checkups, to get to... Um, uh, see their primary care, and just do the basic health care needs that they have. Well, and as somebody that kind of lived through this experience, unfortunately, when it comes to finding that transportation, the responsibility largely falls on family members, and that creates a stressful situation, too, at times. Well, it does, and I think there's a mis... The truth is, and we all know this, in, in rural communities, there's such a good network, and we all rely on our family members. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes they just aren't available. 
And I think that's where we really run into the problems of not having, obviously, you don't have public transportation in a rural context. So we have to look towards other solutions. And how do local health care providers make sure that their community members have those um, transportation options available? What kind of options have you witnessed yourself, Alan, uh, solutions that might be a little out of the box but still get the job done? Maybe we can uh, parse some suggestions from there. Yeah, I got to tell you, what I see is the most creative um, and uh, option and solution, and the one with the greatest potential is um, the, the utilization of what's called community health workers. These are, are not health care providers, uh, but trusted resources within the community that oftentimes the local hospital can um, subsidize and pay for their ability to provide transportation and be a, a linkage between the patient and the provider themselves, and as a result of that, sometimes be on call to be able to provide that transportation. One issue that Alan and I had talked about before this conversation is one that we all recognize, labor. Uh, the labor force across the United States is still strained. Boy, you get in rural communities, Alan, and start talking about specific things like rural health care, and you can take it across the gamut. We just don't have the bodies out there. Or is Wisconsin unique to that? No, unfortunately, that is a top-tier issue. When you talk about rural health, um, traditionally, you're always going to talk about workforce shortages. But everywhere, in every small town across the U.S., we've seen over the last two years, this really rise to a critical um, mass issue when it comes to workforce shortages. Across the U.S., um, number one is nursing and, and being able to have uh, full-time nursing professionals within the community. Um, number two is physicians. A lot of physicians have retired over the last uh, couple of years um, from a rural context. And recruiting and retaining healthcare professionals in a rural context means you've got to start at home and making sure that the kids within your community realize that healthcare is a career for them. Mm-hmm. Now, that trickle-down effect, lack of labor, lack of workforce in the community, uh, obviously can stymie us in a lot of different ways. One potential link to solutions is something we call telehealth. That's another issue, Alan, though, in Wisconsin. Telehealth kind of relies on broadband Internet access, and we're not necessarily at the top of the heap when it comes to that availability. Do you see potential for that resource, though? I'm hopeful. Uh, there, there simply is not a path forward for health care in a rural context without incorporation of telehealth. It, it's not the end-all solution, but it's such a valuable tool. And to your point, um, we've seen tremendous uptake in telehealth in urban areas since the pandemic over the last couple of years. We haven't seen that in rural communities as it should be occurring because of what you uh, highlighted, which is lack of access to broadband. And that, that's got to be addressed um, to make sure that we've got a stable and sustainable health care safety net for our communities as we move forward. And again, uh, rural health, the challenges that those hospitals and clinics have, that's Alan Moore, who's executive director of the National Rural Health Association. Lots of issues out there. We've uh, been talking about rural health and the challenges of uh, some of the rural hospitals that in many cases are no more.
because of uh, staffing problems and uh, just uh, the funding, all the equipment, the modern technology, how expensive it is. So there are challenges out there. Do continue with rural health and the rural hospitals. 28 and a half, almost 29 minutes after 5 o'clock. We'll catch up on some of the local news. Then we'll get to weather. Then we'll get to markets. Busy Friday here at WAC. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Almost 5.30 in the morning here on a Friday. And, you know, normally we'd sit here at 10 below. Oh, man, that's cool. But you look at the weather forecast for the weekend, and it is going to be nice. Speaking of nice, let's go into the nice lady in the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is there. And good morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, Bob. Have you ever been down to... The Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. The Kalahari that keeps growing. Oh, it's unbelievable! It's like a. It's like uh, I made the comment yesterday. Everybody agreed. It's getting to be like a Las Vegas convention center. It I is. mean, they've done a nice job. They've decorated it and uh, with all kinds of extra accoutrements. Mm-hmm. You know, and an Alaska or an African theme. Yep. The names and the masks and the animals. Mm-hmm. It's really quite a place. It is. Let me tell you, as the mother of a daughter and the auntie to three nieces, we were not there for the corn and soy expo. <laughs> I can tell you that, but they sure do love the water park and making a splash there. And yeah, it is. It's like walking into another world when you're there. It really is. I was talking to, uh, you know, a lot of families are down there and, uh, you know, taking the kids are going around. And mm-hmm. I saw one mother with a couple of little kids from around our area. And I said, uh, have you been into the Swimming and water park yet? And the mother said to me, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> she said, she doesn't know it's there yet. <laughs> Rookie move, huh? She looked at her mom and, oh, mom's in trouble now. Yeah, something tells me you're the one that's getting grounded in that family. <laughs> but it really is a great place. There's a great meeting going on down mm-hmm. there. Mother Nature cooperated. The roads are wonderful. The interstate, uh, some of the side roads aren't too good. How are the roads coming in for you on the side roads? They're nasty. Side roads, back roads, pretty much what you expect in Wisconsin. And uh, what I have to say, we have a pair of eagles that live near us. Yeah. And they're getting quite a snack because a raccoon didn't make it across those oh, roads. This morning. Yeah, they were pretty happy about that yesterday. But, yeah, interstate wide and open and clear. It's yeah. just those temps this morning. You're going to want the face mask on. Boy, that is for sure. What else is going on? Well, aside from Mother Nature dishing out some sub-zero to start the day here, we take headlines near us into Dunn County. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We now know who was shot in the officer-involved shooting in Menominee last month. The State Department of Justice yesterday identifying a man as 45-year-old Nicholas Cicerelli. Investigators say two Menominee police officers and a Dunn County deputy shot him after he started to point his gun at them. Cicerelli accused of breaking into a home on January 21st, then stealing a car, and it was during that traffic stop when the when he was shot. Looking into other headlines, it could be a mad dash from schools across Wisconsin to spend the rest of that coronavirus stimulus money. The Institute for Reforming Government says two-thirds of Wisconsin's $1.5 billion in ESSER money remains unspent or unallocated. That money is the money that Congress sent to our state to help schools recover from coronavirus. IRG's Quentin Claybon says the money that's been allocated, of that, just over half has gone into classrooms. So there is a little bit of a timeline here. Schools have until the fall of 2024 to Decide how to spend the money. A lot of them going to tackle that this spring. IRG this week launched a website that might help you track where that money will go. In terms of your own pocketbook, you could have untracked money. The state of Wisconsin is trying to get on claimed property back to rightful owners. On Wednesday, state officials announced legislative revisions to unclaimed property statutes, allowing the state to not only return property faster, but also account for newer varieties of property, like, say, cryptocurrency. Officials estimate one in seven of us have unclaimed 
property. And the Wisconsin Department of Revenue Secretary, Peter Barker here, says checking into that might pay off. Talk some numbers. Annually, the DOR pays out between 33 and $37 million. So that's big money that we're sending back to Wisconsinites. And there's no cost to search or file a claim on that on-claim property database at the Wisconsin Department of Revenue website. We can make that click easy for you online, 715newsroom.com. And when it comes to numbers, record of them. When it comes to chickens, well, you better watch your wings. The National Chicken Council predicts football fans will consume 1.45 billion chicken wings during Super Bowl 57 weekend. That's up about 84 million wings from last year's big game. The organization said a return of Super Bowl gatherings combined with more favorable prices are reasons for the increase. I'm Trey Thomas. And whether you're throwing grit out to the chicken coop or uh, getting those hay bales into the field for the herd, we go back to the barn with Bob Bo. Jill Welke and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. You having the Super Bowl party again at your place? Well, uh, it's not green and gold, I can tell you that, as so many of us know. <laughs> so our party will be a little a little more tame, but I always like to have the game on. If not, oh, if yeah. for anything, the commercials are usually pretty fun. Yeah, that's right. I haven't mm-hmm. talked about it. I don't, haven't heard. Have you heard how much they're charging for a 30-second commercial in Super Bowl this uh, year? Last, I was billed $6 million. Six billion for thirty seconds. Six million for thirty seconds. Like uh, farm show prices, right there, right? <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, that's unbelievable. I know, isn't that Oof. something? I can't even wrap my head around those numbers. I guess not. It's unreal. <laughs> All right, thank you, Morgan. Hey, anytime. Have Bob. a good weekend. You too, my friend. All right, Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. Let's find out. Well, we're still a week away from the Super Bowl, so we don't care about that weather. But man, they could have the Super Bowl around here this weekend because it's going to get nice. Let's check our weather. That means Mike Dandria is joining us, and Mike, it's cold right now, but what, 36 hours, it'll feel a whole lot different? Yep, and uh, that just goes to show how strong that Arctic high is that's just to our northwest. But, but it's, it's just cold temperatures, because I didn't feel much wind out there today. No, they've certainly lightened up from yesterday. I mean, yesterday it was uh, it was just it was breezy. We'll just leave it at that, right? Yeah, but, it was breezy, but uh, <laughs> I don't think it's too bad out there this morning, but, uh, you know, by... Swell, what, Sunday morning chores out by the bunk, it shouldn't be too bad. Right, yeah. So this morning, again, the winds have lightened up a little bit as that high gets a little bit closer. And for now, we'll have a mainly clear sky. But through the latter half of the morning and into the afternoon, that's where we'll start to see some cloud cover work its way in. And that's going to keep it uh, from getting much above zero going into the afternoon. But tonight, we'll start to see some of those clouds clear out and winds will shift out of the south. And that'll bring up our temperatures through the overnight And that'll lead to another cloudy day tomorrow, but much warmer as we climb all the way to the upper 20s and low 30s above zero this time. Our overnight lows tomorrow night with a mostly cloudy sky into about the low 20s. Then another day into the low 30s on Sunday with cloud cover to kick us off, but then more sunshine to take us into the afternoon. Sunday, or excuse me, Monday brings us a chance at some rain, possibly a little bit of snow mixed in with highs climbing to the upper 30s, getting close to 40. And then Tuesday. We'll start off with some cloud cover, climbing to the mid-30s. Wednesday, mid to upper 30s yet again. And then Thursday brings another chance at a wintry mix with highs into the mid-30s. But right now, it's a little chilly with a temperature of negative 13 at the moment and a mostly clear sky. That's going the wrong way, I'll tell you. Yeah, we'll be dropping a few more degrees before the sun comes up. But then, yeah, we'll start to see those clouds roll in and... 
thankfully, once those winds shift out of the south, that'll help us out a little bit. Oh, that's a good thing. I'll bet you'll be busy ice fishing at Lake, what is that, Kitchikumi in North Dakota <laughs> that you were talking about? Mitagoshi. Mitagoshi. Well, I was close. It's sort of. All right. That's good. <laughs> Have a good one, Mike. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Bob. There you go. Mike Dandry over there. It's Skywarn 13 again, as he said, 13 below right now. It'll warm up to about three above today. And then over the weekend and next week, it'll be nice. And, uh, hey, it'll be nice this summer, too. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, we've got more farm news uh, to take a look at. But by review of a few things that went on yesterday, I sat in on the uh, soybean growers, the Soybean Association, Soybean Marketing Board, and uh, their annual meeting yesterday. And uh, Tony Mellenton from O'Galley has served six years on the Soybean Association board here in Wisconsin. He's leaving that board, but he's not done. He's now on the U.S. Soybean Board, the uh, United Soybean Board, which is the national organization. So he'll be doing that. Also, Matt Carls from Jackson County was on the Soybean Association board, and uh, his term is now up, so uh, from down in Jackson County, he is leaving. Tanner Johnson, though, and Tanner's from up in the Prairie Farm area, he's on the American Soybean Association board. He's a director on the national board. Two from Wisconsin are on that board. So Tanner Johnson from Prairie Farm is on that board. And uh, so lots of uh, folks from around our area are involved in the Soybean Association here in Wisconsin. Of course, Andy Benson from from Barron is on the uh, soybean marketing board. Also, they had the yield contest. Now, shame on you if you're a soybean grower in a because we've talked about this before. The soybean yield contest division two goes from about Green Bay all the way across the central part of the state, you know, along Highway 29, all the way over to the western side of the state. So it's that band all the way across Wisconsin. The champion soybean grower in each of these divisions or districts gets a thousand dollars. The second place grower gets five hundred dollars. You know what the division two result was? Nobody entered. If you grew one bushel of soybeans last year and would have entered the contest, you'd have won a thousand dollars. Second place. If you grew a half a bushel, you could have grown, you know, you could have finished second place and you could have got $500. So again, I urge you, enter these contests, $1,000. So again, nobody in Division Two, which goes right across the central part of the state, check with the Soybean Association and, uh, boy, oh boy, that's awfully easy money, I think. So, oh, my yields weren't very good or only 40, 40, 40. You don't want in a walk. So again, think about this, but uh, I just shake my head about that. In the Northern Division, uh, Division 1 up north, from Polk County in second place was Jim Wilson, 63.89 bushels. In first place was Josie Wilson, also obviously from Polk County, 72.44 bushels an acre. So they won $1,000 and $500 respectively. Division 2 across central Wisconsin, right through Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Clark County, Marathon County, Menominee, Dunn County. Shame on you for not being entered. You got, you waste a lot of time doing other things. <laughs> Enter that co- doesn't cost you anything. Have your seed dealer pay for it. So again, no winner in Division Two, and then uh, the top top division was down in Division Four, and uh, down in Dane County, the winner, the best entered beans in the contest. Now, I'm not saying these are the best in the state, but the best in the contest, ninety six point five seven bushels. So again, Division Two, no winner. 
and shame on you for not entering. We'll take a look at more farm news coming up. Brought to you by Chippewa Ag Solutions. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. You've been a teacher, Jill. How did I do for chewing out the class for not getting involved in the soybean contest? I think you were pretty nice, Did I get their attention? Probably not. (laughs) I don't think so, because I've done it two or three years in a row, and I still don't get any entries. So I don't know what we got to do, but $1,000, that's that's pretty nice, and $500 for second place, not bad. All right, what else is going on? Well, the dairy industry leaders across the country are praising our U.S. trade representative for continuing to get after Canada for what dairy industry sees as continuing violations by Canada of dairy provisions in the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Free Trade Agreement. Our trade ambassador has formally moved to advance a dispute settlement proceeding and set up a second panel to determine how Canada is violating the agreement. Canada is accused of not abiding the tariff rate quota provisions of the deal by favoring their processors and not allowing U.S. dairy products into the country. A similar dispute panel in December of 2021 sided with the U.S. and if, and if successful with the current dispute, it would give the U.S. the right to impose retaliatory duties on Canadian products if they don't change their ways. And agricultural leaders and farmers will be in Washington next week to urge the new Congress, new U.S. ag trade officials and the USDA to push for new trade deals and market access opportunities for U.S. agricultural products. They will also have meetings with leaders of the ag committees in both houses of Congress as they begin the process of writing a new farm bill. The farmers will point out that the U.S. has not completed a trade agreement that provides access to any new markets in the past 10 years, while our main competitors in the world market South America, Europe, and Asia have all completed trade agreements that highlight agricultural trade. Yeah, the U.S.-Mexico Free Trade Agreement, that's not new. That's just a change in the name and an update. So, again, we have not had a trade deal for new markets in over 10 years. Got to get things going. Hey, we mentioned earlier about uh, today, the final day for the uh, Alice in Dairyland finals. Some of the meetings going on down at the Dells, Corn Soy, also the uh, the Cooley Grazers, or the uh, Grazing Network, and also uh, alumni, state FFA alumni, going to get together this weekend down in uh, Waukesha. But also, what, chicken tonight, right? Yeah, Whitehall FFA is having their chicken dinner today. They're serving from 4 to 7. It's during the Whitehall basketball game. Well, it'll be before the game, so you can't well, before, eat in the bleachers. No, you can't eat in the bleachers. So, again, uh, 4 to 7, then go to the high school basketball game in Whitehall. Yep, and it's a half a chicken and all the fixings. Ah, that's good. And uh, tomorrow, the Southern Clark County Conservation Group, they got their fundraiser. What's that again? It's a nine-pin tap. It's at the Strike Time Lanes in Nielsville. There's two sessions, one at 1 o'clock and one at 4 o'clock. There's a $25 entry fee, and that money goes for conservation for the lakes. Yeah, and you heard that yesterday about all the good things they're doing over there in, in Clark County. For uh, So get out and support those folks over there. And, uh, you know, you soybean growers would have entered. You'd have had $1,000 to uh, help <laughs> with <the> conservation <laughs> efforts in Clark County. I just can't believe that they don't enter. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, 
So we've got our smile worked on. We'll have a little more work done. <laughs> Not easy to make me look good, that's for sure. But uh, again, Maple Ridge Dental, Dr. Uh, Dr. Brad Mir is my dentist over there. And boy, he, he's a good one. And uh, just have a lot of fun over there. And they're good people. All right, Jill, we better get to some markets here on a Friday morning. It's uh, about almost 11 minutes before 6 o'clock. And it's 13 below zero here in Eau Claire. And it's time to head on over to Altoona Equity and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and heifers $1.30 to $1.50. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers $1.30 to $1.50. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.40 to $1.47. We had a top of $1.51.5. Choice Holstein steers $128 to $139. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers $127 down. Top 20% of the cold cows sold from 82 to 90. We had a top of 93 and a half. 60% of the cows sold from 65 to 81. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 64 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 90 to $1.28. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 89 and down. Cold bulls sold from 70 to 95. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 60 to $120 per head. Light pork quality calves sold from $60 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 120 to 200 dollars per head. Just a quick reminder: our next special feeder sale will be this Friday, February 3rd, at the Altoona Market. We are expecting 250 to 300 head of feeders for that sale. There will be a lot of good, fancy, vac- long-time wean and vaccinated beef calves, as well as vaccinated Holstein steers of all sizes. We'll have a few bred beef cows at this sale. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715. 715- 835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, time to go over to the Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us for the Market Report and a little bit of history. You reminded me of something that... Uh, I was just a young kid, but I remember it well on this date. Yeah, Bob, good morning. Uh, February 3rd, 1959, the day the music died. A tragic accident killed uh, probably one of the greatest uh, innovators in country, well, rock and roll, whatever, Buddy Holly, and uh, along with uh, what the Big Bopper and Richie Valens were killed in that plane crash. Uh, uh, a lot of, well, still a lot of questions about why they took off at the mm-hmm. middle of the night. But. Yeah, and a bad uh, weather wasn't good out there in uh in Clear Lake, Okaboji, out in out in Iowa, which I spent many summer days over there swimming and having fun at Arnold Park and different places. So, yeah, that was uh, that was tough. And what? Uh, who was it gave his seat up uh, so Richie Valens or the Big Bopper could go? Who who gave his seat up? Waylon Jennings. Waylon Jennings. Yeah. So Waylon, yeah, dodged a bullet there. Yeah, that's not a. A good thing to remember in history, but it's, uh, it's a big part of music, that's for sure. Well, wrap up the week over there at the Stratford Sale Barn, Jerry. How'd it go this week? Well, we better do that. And, uh, Bob, thank you, and a good morning to everyone here. A nice little frosty 14 below zero here this morning as we do this report. But anyway, a summary from this past week here at Equity Stratford. We'll start off with the cow market, conventional cows, fully steady market. Uh, on the close yesterday, high-yielding, fleshy, Holstein cows in yesterday's auction, they were selling from 77 to 91. We did top out this week at uh, 102.5, and that was on Wednesday. We had a lot of these high-yielding beef cows on Wednesday's auction, and they were selling from 94 up to 102.5, as I mentioned. 
inch. And most of the cows this week sold between 55 and 76. Your thinner cows like carcass cows below 55. On the organic market, we sell those on Tuesday. Continue a very strong market on high-yielding organic cows. We're selling from 120 to 135. Lower-yielding organics, 118 and below. On the fed cattle this week, choice grading Holstein steers, mostly from 127 to 142 and a half. Select underfinished cattle, uh, 123 and below. Bull market this week, your better quality bulls, 85 to 95, lighter bulls, 82 and below. Now a summary on the calf market, a weaker market on the bull calves yesterday as compared to earlier in the week. Uh, most of the bull calves yesterday selling from 75 to 150. Again, on Monday, a very strong market on Monday, a lot of bull calves on Monday selling from 175 all the way up to 230. Effort calves uh, this week, pretty uh, limited demand, uh, between 20 and $40. Beef calves, very strong again this week, uh, 175 to 370, and we did top of those on Monday again at 410. And just take a peek at our schedule next week, full marketing week on, on tap for Equity Stratford next week. So, uh, again, you folks, uh, next hay auction will be uh, next Tuesday, also next dairy auction next Tuesday. Next feeder cattle sale will be next Wednesday. So more information on those sales on the website, Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page, and you'll be right there. Or call us up, 687-4101. So, Bob, uh, stay warm today and... Next time I talk to you, it'll probably be, well, about 45 degrees warmer than it is right now. I was going to say, it'll be tropical by the time we visit again. Well, then you'll be kind of, <laughs> you know, be... you come to work. You, you come to work next week in your Hawaiian shorts and Hawaiian shirts. You I know. might <laughs> be tempted to try that. Hey, you have a good weekend, Jer. You and Jill also. Thank you, Bob. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. On the Board of Trade, corn and nickel lower yesterday in the day trade, just unsteady markets, and also what's happening with that South American crop? How big is it going to be? Are they going to get rain? Is it going to be big? We don't know. Beans were up 14 cents, uh, strong meal prices. Overnight, March corn down another 3 cents, 672. Oats down 2 at 387. Wheat down 3 at 758. March soybeans unchanged at 1534. And meal up a half a dollar a ton at $492.30. Country elevator prices? Northside Elevator, Loyal Location, corn's at 621 with soybeans at 1469. At the Arcadia Location, corn's at 634 with soybeans at 1471. On the DTN screen, Golden Plump, 643 on the corn at Baldwin, 627, beans 1465, Duran, 622 and 1459 at Mondovi, the corn 627, beans 1464, out at Elmwood, 627 and 1469, Fall Creek has corn at 613, beans 1444, Osseo, 632, and 1469. Elk Mound Corn 623, Beans 1470. At Sparta 617 and 1459. Ellsworth Corn 603, Beans 1416. Ethanol Plants, Boyceville 638. Stanley Corn 627, New Richmond Grain Facility 619. Barrel Cheese 160, up one and three quarters. Blocks down two at 187 and a half. Butter 236 a pound, that's up three cents. February Class 3 up three cents, 1793. March up 15 at 1779. April back over eighteen dollars at eighteen twelve. That was up nineteen cents. May up fifteen at eighteen forty seven, and June up uh, eight cents, eighteen ninety three. Thirteen below, but it's going to get better from here. Three above today. Now it'll be cold again tonight. Uh, down by Saturday morning, about ten below. But then thirty three on the day on Saturday. Thirties right on through next week, and may get forty on Monday. So again, enjoy the cold weather for at least a few more hours. <laughs> You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.